This is this is this is the Bottom Bends podcast. Oh yeah! Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bends. This is our match day thirty six coverage in the Premier League. I'm Richie, joined in the studio as always by Oren. How's uh, things? Hello, Connor. How are you? Not too bad. And with Connor, how's things? Not too bad. So, just going to crack straight into the match day then. Um, I think the perfect game to sort of open up with, lads, is uh, Manchester City, of course. Top of the Premier League. Um, Arsenal losing as well this weekend. So, it's it's really opened itself up that Manchester <laughs> City are going to be the champions of England. Um, Connor, of course, Erling Haaland, 36 Premier League goals. actually seen a stat there yesterday that Chelsea have scored 36 goals in the Premier League this season. Erling Haaland has scored 36 goals in the Premier League this season. So, look, guys, just opening it up. Another vintage performance from Ilkay Gundogan, really doing his sort of farewell tour to the Manchester City fans. But I have to say, City, just in recent weeks, have opened it up big time. They are playing the best football I've seen them play this year. Yeah, we said it was going to happen. We... City always have this in their locker. We said they could go in a run of 15 games in a row. And look, it's it's what they're doing. Um, yeah, El Cagliondo on, um, showing what, it, what Manchester City could be missing next year. But I did see Pep Guardiola said one of the first things he said in his press conference was that they're trying to keep him. But in my opinion, I think El Cagliondo's head is already away. Um, but a fabulous, absolutely fabulous first goal. His touch, his composure to take a touch off his thigh like that and then flick that into the bottom corner against a goalkeeper of Jordan Pickford's calibre. I think Jordan Pickford's a really, really good goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. I read him really highly. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not easy to finish against him in the best of times, but with a finish like that there, that's absolutely phenomenal. And then, what, two minutes later, his, his cross, p- p- uh, pinpoint cross to Erling Holland for his 36th goal. Yeah, it was a, it was a comfortable performance for Manchester City. We were checking in the first 10 minutes. Everton did look like they could have created a couple of chances and could have scared City. But, um, yeah, as you said, vintage Manchester City. And um, with Arsenal dropping points, it's, it looks nailed on with, that they're going to win the Premier League for a third time in a row. Yeah, 11 wins in a row. Um, it's going to be their fifth title in six years. Just pure domination. Like the rested De Bruyne, Stones. Uh, what's the rest? Uh, Grealish. Grealish and Silva. And they still won easily. 3-0 away to Everton, who had just beat Brighton 5-1. Good one, unbelievable. Two goals and assist. His first goal, as Owen said, was like out of nothing, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just killed the game. They got their second straight away. Um, Pickford probably could have saved the second one. Uh, the free kick was really good as well. I've seen Roy Keane actually was slagging Pickford. Oh, I he's small, but I think Pickford's been decent this season, to be fair. But, you know, as Dyche said, they're just too good. Um, you know, Everton maybe didn't play up their standard. The, bit, the worst thing that happened to Everton was they lost Calvert Lewin again. He didn't come out for the second half. I don't know if that's injury or he's just like, the game's over, we'll just rest him. But City are just, just so good and they need a, a you talked about Gunawan and our transfer, our free agent special, mm-hmm. about how good he is. And like he steps up in these big moments, like there's no Kevin De Bruyne there and he, he steps up, two goals and assist. He's been unbelievable the last three or four weeks. He does this like every season, near the end of the season, he steps up. He scored, I think, was it the winner? Against Villa, Again, last Villa. game of the season. Yeah, scored two goals. Yeah, he's just that kind of player. And like City's squad depth is just crazy, and that that's what wins his titles. You can kind of see Arsenal just faltered away. You know, they don't have the squad depth. Like as I just said, the players they could rest, and the players that can come in, like Mares hasn't been playing. You know, players like Laporte, good centre back. Yep. So, fair play to City, the best team, best squad, and fully deserved eleven wins in a row, and gonna be. Champions, Champions. Again. yeah, and, and that's it. You know, <clears throat> you know, a few weeks ago. 
it did look like Arsenal were were going to be nailed on, but City have just done what Manchester City do, especially under Guardiola. They, like you were saying, Oren, they just have this capability of putting these massive runs mm-hmm. together. They are like a machine. They just win and win and win. And the football that they play, it doesn't change. It's the same brand of football. It has been the same brand of football from Guardiola come in, but it's football that's effective and it works for the the players that he has within the side. Again, I completely agree with you as well, Connor Gundogan, in these moments, especially towards the end of the season, it's almost as if his levels raise and he feels like he he can bring the team on his back. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy in your squad that can do that alongside the talents of like De Bruyne, Mares, Grealish, mm-hmm. it's really, really scary um, how, just how good the City team are. Um, Haaland, again, freaking nature. I, I, I don't think we'll see a striker in the Premier League like Haaland again. It's freak. The, the numbers are just freak. I, I, goal scoring is just something that comes so easily to him. From an Everton perspective, look, I'm sure Everton weren't looking at this game as a make-or-break game for their season. Yes, I'm sure they would have liked to have come out of it with something. They were in Goodison. The crowd was up for it definitely before the game. crowd was bouncing. Atmosphere was good in Goodison. But look, Everton still have two games to go. Two very winnable games. They're away to Wolves. They're at home to Bournemouth. They're going to look at those two fixtures as fixtures that they need to get points on the board. And I think that they can. The level of performance is there uh, is there for them. Ultimately, though, anybody in this league that, that competes against Manchester City is probably going to get beat. That's just that's just how it is. You need a miracle to, to, to beat City. So, look for Everton. They'll be targeting those last two games. Try and get some points on the board. I think if they get four points, they'll be safe. <coughs> I do. I, f- I fancy four points and, and they should be safe. Especially with the other teams sort of dropping points around them this weekend yeah. as well. So, four points. Everton should be safe. City, they look to be home and hosed. And it made it did make for a grip and title race this season, I have to say. Look, Arsenal did push them all the way. Well, it shows the difference in the two teams. shows the difference in, 100%. in not just quality, but experience. Yeah, and, and just where they're, where they're at, yeah. squad-wise, you know. It's hard. Look, it is. There's no point in saying otherwise. It's hard to compete with City in this oh, league yeah. at the minute. They have two excellent players in each position. They have a number of world class players within the team, and they are world class. That that's the difference. And you know, when when City can rest Grealish but rely on Foden or Mares, when they can rest De Bruyne but still rely on Gundogan, when they can rest Diaz or Stones mm-hmm. and can still rely on Laporte. Crazy, like, compete with that, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's it is crazy and for Everton. Like they had the chance at the start, I think it was Holgate missed a sitter. You need to score those because mm-hmm. you need to put pressure on City. The only thing for Everton is that at home they have been really poor this season. Yeah, you can see a lot of goals, but I would agree with you that I don't even know if they'll need four points to be honest. It could be no. another win, could do it. Could would you say them through? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is one win. Oh, sorry, Everton, you're talking about? Yeah, oh, yeah, well, I would say, yeah, no, sorry, I'm talking about City. I apologize. City like, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree, especially in the position they are, especially after the Leicester game last night. Three points for Everton would be huge. Would be massive, yeah. yeah. And I think there's more chance of that in the home game against Brantford than in the away game against Wolves. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, we'll, we'll come on to Wolves later, but like, yeah. they weren't good, but they're good at home. So yeah, kind of like. I know, that's true. Expect. That's true. Well, look, I, I suppose the perfect segue then is to talk about the team in second place, um, Arsenal. Look, like I was saying, guys, I, I do feel like, look, they put up a fight this season. They did push City all the way, but unfortunately, they did just come up short this season. But as for Brighton, a vintage Deserby performance. Um, really had the balls to go to the Emirates and play on yeah. the front foot. Um and Cisco with a goal, Undav with a goal, and Oren, of course, a player that me and you have become quite fond of, mm-hmm. Pervis Estupinian also, mm-hmm. providing a goal. Look, 
Brighton have been mightily impressive this season. Mm -hmm. Of course, they also have Newcastle later on this <clears> week, <throat> which could be a, a massive swing in terms of the top four. Yeah. Um, but really, I, all all credit and all props have to go to Brighton this mm -hmm. season because from Deserby has taken over, they are a very well coached yeah. and a very good side. Well, they're near enough guaranteed European football this year. I'm pretty sure that's safe to say. And any Premier League and football fan who, who follows Brighton's results or whatever would say that they're getting European football. They have two games in hand, even on Liverpool. Um, a brilliant result, as we said. Um, and yeah, Purvis is Stupinian, in my opinion. And this is my opinion of the week, so a bit of a spoiler for that. Purvis Stupinian is the best left-back in the Premier League this season. Um, he's, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He was up and down that left-hand uh, left side all game. And it shows, like, even to the 96th minute when he got his goal... You know, that, that's a trooper. Like, he doesn't stop. And this is a fellow who played for Watford before in the Premier League and didn't do well. Um, he left, went to Villarreal, and then he came back to the Premier League for £17 million, which was a... Look, it was a heavy investment, to be fair, for a player who hadn't done well in the Premier League in the first time round. But whenever they sold Cucurella for £60 million, you might have thought that they were going to invest a bit heavier in a different left-back. But as, once again, as we talk about every single week, Brighton's recruitment team, spot on. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best in the league. If not the best, genuinely. The best. Um, and yeah, it shows. Even Dennis Undoff, as we said um, a couple of weeks ago when he got his two goals, um, we thought he, he would kick on. Look, it was a great finish. I know it was a mistake from Ramsdale, as I know you two boys aren't awfully fond of Ramsdale. Um, and it was another mistake by him. Um, but a, a fabulous finish by, by Undoff. And it yeah. shows that this, this is the calibre of player. And it shows the type of player that Deserby actually wants he wants someone who's going to play for the team he doesn't necessarily just want names I think them getting European football will attract a number of big name mm -hmm. quote quote big name players um, play, that want to play for Brighton yep. and sign for Brighton and we've seen that even already with Jay Pedro Mahmoud Dahoud and who was the other one that signed or James Milner signed uh, James Milner it looks Dahoud. like Reese Nelson's going to come as well yeah um, um, Pedro there's, there, there is another name at the minute as well. Uh, it's, it's not really coming to me at the minute. It's looting me, yeah. But the Hood, fantastic signing. I think they're going to sign Yuri Tielemans. Don't know, but I don't know. I've just got a, a, a wee hunch about that. Um, yeah, a, a brilliant all-round performance from Brighton. And look, as we said, about five minutes ago between City and Arsenal, it's just the experience. It's not there for Arsenal. I think it will be there in the next few years. I do think Arsenal will be competing for titles in the next few years. Maybe not next year. I do think they need to really, really invest in their squad like Manchester City have done for the past five years to be up there and competing properly. Um, but look, Arsenal fans, I know they're going to be disappointed that they haven't won the league this year. And that's completely understandable. But they have to understand where they were at, even at the start of the season. They came from fifth place last year to literally push in probably the most dominant team in the last decade um, in, in all of the top five leagues to their limits. Took them to the last two games of the season. And look, credit to them, credit to Mikel Arteta because it's a young, young squad. Um, it just wasn't their year, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. as you boys were saying, like Brighton, Pep said it as well, they play some of the best football in the Premier League. They play with such courage, you know, they play them two centre-backs and then they kind of play their wing backs up the pitch and just dominated the game far better team uh, Arteta came out after the game and said second half they were woeful which they were I just think they've just um, hit their peak you know it just happens you know players dip in form when you have Man City there if players dip in form they have 
backups, you know, Partey has been terrible. He's got dropped. You know, Saka hasn't been living up to what he was at the start of the year. Jesus has not been great. You know, this is what happens. Um, but Brighton, what what a team. We watched them, um, obviously, against United. They were so good. I don't know what happened against Everton. They kind of just got ripped apart, one off. But when Deserby said after that game, we will show up on Sunday, he meant it. Like, and that he is a top manager. And they play such good football. And as you said, with the courage they have on the ball, like even the goalkeeper at times, it was so close to making a mistake. But that's just the way they play. And they're, they're willing to make them risks. Um Trossard with an assist, basically, for yeah. playing for their own team, basically. Um, but Ramsdale probably unlucky in a way. Like, he got chipped, but I can't really, the third goal was poor. He should have saved it better. But uh, just Bright- Brighton's a better team at the minute. They just play better football. Arsenal, you just have to give them credit all season. They've been unbelievable. They just they just kind of dipped in form and at the wrong yeah. time. And it, it. it happens. They can see too many goals as mm-hmm. well, I will say that. I know Saliba's been missing, but after the World Cup, I've seen some stat where like, they were the number one team in the league, least conceded goals. And then since then, it's been like their seventh. between. I think they're seventh or something like yep. that. They're, they're conceded too many goals, especially at home. They conceded like 25 goals at home this season, which is too many. Um, but but you got to give them credit. Like, Saliba's a big miss, but still... But then that's again, like you were saying, like they have Laporte sitting on the bench, yep. they have Diaz, they have Stones, like they have Akanji, they have Aki, they have so yeah. many centre-back choices. Mm-hmm. Arsenal don't have that, they don't have the squad depth. We were saying maybe it's a year too early, which it ended up it was, but give them credit, they've had a really good season, it's just, you know, just had form at the wrong time. Yeah, that's it, look, it, it, there's no shame in saying it, like, you know, I... I, Connor, me and you, we like. I, I fully thought Arsenal were gonna, go, you yeah. know, go on and go all the way this season, especially just with early on in the season how City were playing. They, they were that team in transition, but look, Arsenal just run out of steam, and and there's no shame in saying that they, they just did. They don't have the same level of squad depth to compete, and I'm happy to sit here and say, look, I was wrong. I'll hold my hands up. Yeah. Um, I, no shame in saying that either. Um, look, City are just a different animal, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Warren. This is the this is the summer Arsenal just need to go look at the areas of the squad where improvements could be made and just go out and make them. Get it done now so that they can be competing. And, and if you keep competing and you keep pushing all the way, then you know you never know. You you will get over the line at some stage. Just wasn't to be this season. As for Brighton, like I said, they are just they're a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. They're well coached, well managed, tactically, they get it spot on most games. They're very difficult to play against. They're a nuisance to play against. High press, Brilliant high energy. Crowd. The crowd gets up. Mm-hmm. They, they're a serious side. They yeah. really, really are a serious side. And on the Telemans thing, Warren, I think that would be very, very interesting. It is interesting to see who who they look for now. Yeah. They've already got three in through the door now, so they're looking to get business done early. I'd say that's because Deserby wants to get a full preseason with a new squad see what he has and see what he has to work with. I think, look, McAllister is going to be on the way out. With Caicedo, I am interested to see what happens there. I was certain that he was maybe going to go this summer, but maybe not. Mm, I, I did see, even just this morning, we're recording this on the Monday, I seen this morning, Sky Sports News saying that Arsenal's two main targets are Declan Rice and, and Caicedo. Can you imagine, like, they were in for Caicedo in January, how vital he would have been exactly. for Arsenal. Yeah. That exactly. might have won the league. Yeah. That's how good he was yesterday. Yeah. And... That was the question, wasn't it? Like, what they signed. Obviously, Trossard's been good and Jorginho, but they were looking at, like I said, Owen Mudrick. I know Mudrick's been a flop, but, yeah. you know, it, it getting them players yeah. in, it could have been a different story. Well, that's it. That's know, it. But with Arteta as well, I was just going to say, is just, he doesn't, like, the only thing, he's had a great season, good manager, just there's no plan B. You no. know, when they went to City, they still played the same style. They got 
destroyed. You know, there was no like, we'll sit back a bit, we'll counter them yeah. here. There's no real plan B with Brighton. They're just like, oh, we'll play you toe-to-toe, you know, mm-hmm. we'll just play you at your own game. Like United kind of, you know, like in the FA Cup game, we kind of went like, you can have the ball. We're just going to sit back and counter you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it worked with one. Even in the one they lost, they done the same thing. That's... With Brighton, you kind of have to just be like, right, you play your football. We'll just yeah. kind of like the way a bit like City, the way they play. Yeah, you just got to accept it. But I think Arteta's is just like, no, we, we're just going to keep the high line. We're going to keep matches, yeah. especially when they lost holding as well. When they lost holding or Saliba, sorry, and then holdings come in, and then that other guys come in, yeah. and he lay down, he got touched, and then Aye. basically give up the first goal. But them, they didn't suit that style. Yeah, and when that happens, sometimes you have to change it. Like Pep did change it as well during the season. He did change. He went. At the back, he played Aki and he played Akanji, like their centre backs. But he played them as back, like in right back, left back. He went right. We're going to be solid at the back, mm-hmm. good in midfield. You know, he had his team sorted. Sometimes you have to make changes, and I don't think Arteta. I can can do that. Yeah. Look, maybe he can't. Maybe he can't. But I think look at Brighton on the basis of things, and when you look at where the two teams are at this particular point in the season, Arsenal are on a downward trend, whereas Brighton are on the up again, minus the Everton result, but. Yeah, you, you probably would say at this particular point in the season, Brighton are playing the better football. Mm-hmm, and definitely. Brighton probably have been playing the better football for, for the last while. But look, it was always going to be difficult for Arsenal, even at home. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't matter where you play Brighton. They are a difficult task. And Arsenal just didn't match the, the requirements on the day. And, and, and it allowed Brighton to, to to pick up a 3-0 win, really. But look, like as we've said previously before, I think... All them problems and Arteta's problems not being able to tactically change do come down to squad depth as well. Mm-hmm. I was actually listening back to one of our, our earlier podcasts. I think it was the sixth Premier League episode we'd done. And the one thing we all said, like you were saying about Arsenal, um, you thought Arsenal was going to win the league. But we all said the same thing. A big injury and it changes everything. And we've seen that with Saliba. We've seen it when even Party was out for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But we've really seen it with Saliba. And Saliba was the player that we mentioned. And even though Rob Holden came in, and look, in fairness to Rob Holden, he done what he had to do. Do you know what I mean? He was never going to be the quality of Saliba, but they, this is where Arsenal should be looking at the likes of who United are looking at, the likes of Kim Min-Jae, someone like that. They're a world-class centre-back who they're going to get on the cheap, who's able to slot in whenever their first two or whatever gets injured. Yeah. And, Look, if if they have any ambition whatsoever, not just in the Premier League next year, in the Champions League next year, mm-hmm. it's a huge opportunity for Arsenal. The first time in the Champions League for I don't know how many years, eight, yeah, seven, something eight, like years. Seven, seven or eight, eight years. Yeah. This is a massive, massive opportunity for Arsenal and for their fans. Like Champions League football back at the Emirates is huge for their fans. Mm. They need they need to invest. Yeah, definitely. They need to invest. Look, that's that's the key takeaway from that game. It's, it's investment. Yeah, that's what's going to take. Well, moving on then to last night's game, um, where Liverpool were victorious over Leicester, three goals to nil. Look, guys, I, the one thing I'll say is I highlighted it a couple of weeks ago, maybe but four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Klopp has adapted the system, and the system is working. He did it in the second half against Arsenal. I think it was the first time we've seen it, and it it's been a, a real staple for them now these last few weeks. And Look, I have to give credit, guys, to to a player who I've been quite critical about this season, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think recently the performances have been absolutely excellent from from Trent. I think he has been a joy to watch. Um, look, system is suiting him. He's not having to to focus so much on defensive work. It is really just about his attacking output. And 
if if you just listen to this, lads, I have a few stats on on Trent in his in his last few games since that that game against Arsenal. So he managed an assist against Arsenal. In the next game, he had two assists against Leeds. He had an assist against Forest, an assist against West Ham, an assist against Spurs. Nothing against Fulham, nothing against Brentford. And then last night, he had a goal against Leicester. So a, a lot of goal involvements for a player who we consistently say is excellent on the attacking end, but is a bit suspect on the defensive end. Mm. But that's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. To be 100% honest, it is the way it is. When you... As an attacking threat, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alexander I can almost speak, is one of the best that there is. Um, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, and uh, like even like as a right-back, see, that's what I've seen they were talking as well on uh, Sky Sports and stuff. They were kind of saying like they'd never, we've never seen the likes of it, especially from a right-back that is so creative, such a good player, but again, defensively so weak yeah let's be honest but in this new role he's playing like a hybrid role in like kind of middle of the part or midfield playing a bit higher up he has looked very very good his passing is unbelievable yeah. like it is really really good his free kick was world class yeah. like you know when he has it in his locker you know for liverpool it was a big win your boy curtis jones played really well as well yeah, he he's did. really got better in this new system as well he's yeah. kind of like the 10 role and liverpool never really had a number 10 or really, like a creator me, yeah for me no and he kind of created for them but he's playing like a nine yep but i thought he was very good his finishing's really good too he's played like seven games in a row or something like that and he started to grow into the game and he's very young as well mm-hmm. you know maybe he's what they thought harvey elliott was going to be yeah but for liverpool big win leicester or shambolic you know they've won one game in 14 their seed goes flat out they've conceded 21 games in a row they're the only team in europe since the World Cup to not keep a clean sheet. Oh, that's nuts. It's crazy. They just they can't keep clean sheets and they've lost 22 games this season um, and that's just ridiculous. And, you know, Liverpool just ripped them apart. It could have been 5-6-0. They don't create enough either. Um, and I, I just, I think they're down. What What do you think their main problem area is mm-hmm. though? Or what has been their main problem area well, this season? Their back line is... Oh, just horrendous. Like players like Ndidi as well in midfield is just really falling off a cliff. Yeah. Tillemans is not playing well. He's not he is he's a good player, mm-hmm. but he's not playing well. Madison's kinda of dipped in form. You look Barnes is playing not playing that great either. No. Forty has not been scoring. They're missing um Iannaccio, I think, because yeah. Iannaccio would come in at that stage, I think a f- month or two ago and have been playing well, but then he got injured. Yeah. I think he got injured during a win uh at the back. They got Johnny Evans back. You know, it made a bit of a difference, but at the back they're terrible like they are just one of the worst teams in the league at yeah. the back they just concede goals every game I don't know if it's just like the Rodgers got a lot of blame but it's just showing it's the team it's the confidence as well they have no confidence yeah. they just don't have the inner belief and once that goes it's over it's over and yeah. I think they're down and I think they're in serious bother because they're going to lose a lot of players because they do have talent there mm-hmm. Um, like even their manager Dean Smith came out and was like it would be a massive achievement for them to stay up this is a team that finished fifth twice Eighth last year, yeah, and he's saying it'll be a massive achievement. If they and they off. have some really good players, yeah, it just shows they have no confidence. Madison's coming out in interviews, and he just looks like he's given yeah, up. Yeah, he's dejected, you know. Um, but I, I just, I just don't see how. I think Liverpool obviously are flying, but there couldn't have been a better game for them against a team that are just dead and buried. Dead really. and buried, yeah, agreed. Like, do you think they could beat Newcastle? Like, to play Newcastle next week? Oh. They're probably going to have to win two games. Yeah. No, I, I I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, like even the problem, like one of the problem areas I've highlighted the last couple of weeks is their goalkeeper. 
Like yeah. they have your by Danny Ward and then your by Iverson. I'm like, I don't think either of them no. are primarily quality goalkeepers. So it is, I don't know. I, I, I'm frustrated for Leicester yeah. and I feel frustrated for the fans because it's like you said, Connor, like they have good players. Mm-hmm. Those players just aren't performing to any sort of respectable Premier League level at the minute. Especially like, and I'm glad you talked about Madison. Like I love Madison and I've picked him up on so many occasions, yeah. but these last few weeks, he has been absolutely terrible. terrible. And I think you're you're right as well. Telemans like has gone under the radar for like sort of how poorly he's playing yeah. at the minute too. Um, look, they didn't invest in the squad in the summer because they couldn't. It has really really hurt them. But again, you would have thought their squad was still good enough to to stay in the Premier they League. They invested like, a bit in January and they got a wee bit of a kick off that. Yeah. But since then, it's just it's just gone. It's down, just gone down, down again. Hill. It's it's. It is just crazy that I would never like if we had done predictions at the start of the year. There's not one of us would have said Leicester would no, go down. I'd have said top not. ten, you know. So it's crazy to see, and we'll just. I think they're down to be honest. Yeah, I mean, look from a Liverpool perspective, they are pressing hard on the Champions League front at the minute. Seven wins in a row. Seven wins in a row. They will be. I, I was sort. I was glad that United got a win at the weekend because it did sort of give us a, a wee bit of breathing room. Um, but look, Liverpool. I think European football is there for them to grasp. I think, like I said earlier on, Newcastle versus Brighton on Thursday night is going to be a massive swing in terms of this top four race. I really, really do think that. I think if Brighton can beat Newcastle, Newcastle could maybe slip out of the top four. Look, United need to just put their best in for these last three games and try and get results over the line. United are very good at home and the two home games left, which I said. I think they'll win both home games and they'll be okay, but... I think they've been very lucky because if Liverpool would have hit this form maybe a bit earlier, Aye. there's no way they weren't getting top four because yeah. they they're going to win every game left. Yeah, I think I said it a few weeks ago. I actually looked at their fixtures and I went, I don't see where they're going to lose or not win. That's true because they have very good fixtures as well. It does make you wonder. Or I'll ask this to you. Yeah, you know this new system that Liverpool have implemented. It's really patched over a number of the cracks within the squad. Even midfield looks a bit more stable in mm. this system. And like, how many times this season have we complained that Liverpool's midfield just isn't good enough? Mm-hmm. It does make you wonder why was this system maybe not adapted sooner? I think it is just paper over the cracks, to be honest. I think if they were to go for this system that they're going for now at the start of next season, if they weren't to invest heavily in their midfield and they thought, oh, this makeshift midfield or whatever is working now, if they were to do that, they'd be fucked. Yeah, they'd be fucked. It couldn't. It, it's it's a quick fix to see them into end of the season, in my opinion. Um, I do think Trent will be better suited in his new role. Um, but I also think with heavy investment likely to come in the summer in the midfield area, Trent will be playing right back again next year. Yeah. Um, it's just how he implements him as a right back, if he plays him as a wing back, whatever it does, whatever Klopp decides to do, hopefully it'll be for the best of the team, for, for their fans, not for me personally, because fuck them. <laughs> but um, look, it, it's worked now, but... It, we said the same about Man City. Even if they're not in great form, they do have the ability. No matter what, it's still Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. It doesn't matter who his players are. He could start James Miller, Alex Ackley, Chamberlain and Naby Keita in midfield. He could still go on a run of, what are they on, eight games in a row or seven, seven, seven wins they're, in a they're row? They're so good at home as well. Yeah. Like, they win so many home games. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just... They play the crowd with 50,000. Their, their crowd is ridiculous. So once, like, even if they are, like, they were losing a lot of games at the start of the year, but... Once they win a few home games in a row, yeah. then they pick up that confidence. Yeah. They're like, all right, let's just keep going here. But you have to give Klopp credit because Klopp has ch- turned it around. And I think if they invest with Klopp next year, if they could get Champions League, I I think they're going to challenge next year again. Next year again. Yeah. 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 Because Klopp is, 
an unbelievable manager. Like mm-hmm. I have to give it to him because they were going nowhere, and at yeah. least he changed it. He took a risk. Well, he didn't really take a risk because they were going nowhere anyway. But he was like, "We need to change this. This is going nowhere." It mm-hmm. took him a while to do it, but it has worked. Will it work next year? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think if they invest in that midfield, they won't even have to play like this system. Yeah, you know their midfield is that bad. Even Fabinho looked all right last night, yeah. and Henderson looked okay, as you yeah. said. You know, they were they're not good, but if they can get a McAllister or some of these other players mm-hmm. again like too. I, I honestly think Liverpool next season will be title contenders. Could, could be scary, oh, I yeah. agree. He's making me eat my words. Like there was points in this podcast, one of my opinions was actually that Jurgen Klopp mightn't be there next year if they don't get Champions League football. Yeah. But the more it comes down to it, I do think he's going to be there next season. I can't I can't see him leaving anymore, even without getting Jude Bellingham. I just think with this last wee run, I think if Liverpool had a lost half of them for them eight games or seven games or whatever if they say had lost three or four of them games I think it might have still kind of had that way inkling but I think they are very much a momentum based team whenever they're in a, in the form that they are in as I said they could have that midfield that I just said about the Ox Milner and, and Naby Keita but they could still rock up to Old Trafford and pump us not they that they, they would be able to exactly. Well. Yeah. exactly and it is just the ability that they have but um. Like Newcastle, there's in my opinion, there's more chance of Newcastle dropping out of the top four than there is in Manchester United. No, that's why I was going to say, and I think we'll win our home games because United are very good at home. While Newcastle, they play Brighton. We were saying about that that game on Thursday. Even Newcastle's Boston. form, it's like it's up one week, it's mm, down yeah. the next, it's up the next. Like they're they're a very strange yo-yo team. And I wasn't yeah. impressed mm. with their performance on Saturday. I thought no. they were very lucky to get a point. Mm. I thought they were really really yep. poor. They got two penalties. They look a bit more dodgy at the back and. I would agree. It's just, the la- I think they play Leicester and then they're away to Chelsea and Chelsea are not good and Leicester are not good. So yeah. you'd say, I still think Newcastle and Liv- or United will get top four. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, this game, this next game for Liverpool is against Aston Villa. I, I know yeah. it's at Anfield, mm-hmm. but that is a huge game yeah, for and both then teams. United play at three as well against Bournemouth. Yeah. So United lost and they win. Yeah. And then the pressure's really on. Yeah. But if United could beat Bournemouth, I would say we're basically guaranteed because we'll win one of our last two home games. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea and Fulham. Fulham are, I know Fulham played well at the weekend, but I would... Well, last game of the season at Old Trafford, you're not losing. Yeah. Yeah, look, perfect segue, I think, into um, Newcastle's performance, I think. Um, look, 2-2. Mm-hmm. They were home and hosed. It was looking all right. But it's like you say, Connor. they just... At the back, I don't know what it is for a, def- a, a team that has been so good defensively this season. At times, and maybe just at certain points during the season, they have looked very susceptible at the back. And yeah. and I think this game was the perfect demonstration of that. Mm, I think to an extent. I, look, it was, it was a heavy, heavy deflection, the second goal. Like, it wasn't much a goalkeeper. There wasn't much that more that... I think it was it came off Bopman. There wasn't much more he could do. Do you know what I mean? It mm. was just a very, very, it was a freakish goal that, that went in. It's a deflected goal. But look, Leeds made their chances. They played well, but I'm not expecting them to stay up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's just that new manager thing, again, new manager bounce. Yeah. And Big Sam, if he does keep them up, he's done a serious, serious job in fairness to him. But I can't see it. It's just Newcastle need to be picking up points now. But. <laughs> This game was perfect for Newcastle because they can afford to lose points whenever United aren't winning. I know United won there, but when they got beat by West Ham, got beat by Brighton, you know, Newcastle didn't need necessarily to get the three points. If they had to get the three points, I think that was top four secured, to be honest. And I think they'll be kicking themselves if they don't have the extra two points. Yeah. 
The only thing I will say about Newcastle is even though maybe in the last couple of weeks their defensive capabilities haven't been up to the standard that we've been used to with Newcastle this year, Callum Wilson and, and Alexander Isaac are doing special, special things up front. And I think they're the two men and Bruno Gimmerich and maybe even Joe Linton that are going to keep uh, Newcastle into the top four this year. Yeah, they're... Uh, look... They're two really, really good strikers. There's no two ways about it. Like you can't sit here and, and criticize any elements of their game. They're both very, very good. But look, just on 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 Leeds, um, you know, before the before Allardyce took the Everton job, he had law in every other job he'd ever been in in football, he had lost his first four games with a side. Um, I think with Everton he managed to win his first three, <laughs> but with every other team that he had ever managed, he lost his first four games. And when he came into Leeds with four games left, imagine he had, imagine he had hadn't won, like mm-hmm. won a single one of them, you know. Um, yeah, look, I would agree with you. When I think Leeds are just destined for the drop now, um, th- their squad's just not good enough. Bamford underperforming. I think even Rodrigo hasn't really looked the same player either. The midfield's not strong enough. They've really, really missed Tyler Adams, to be honest. They've really, really struggled without that linchpin in midfield because McKenney doesn't give you that same defensive ability and neither does your boy Rocca either. Um, Look, I think this top four race is really, really exciting at the minute. Um, It is going to go right down to the wire, I think. Like I said... It's this game on Thursday night between Brighton and Newcastle that I think is going to be a massive, massive deciding factor in this. If Brighton can knock off Newcastle and get a win, like it, it leaves it really, really wide open again. Um, as for the game itself, yeah, agreed, Orn. I think Newcastle will be just kicking themselves mm-hmm. that, that, that they have not picked up three they, points here. They were really, I actually thought Newcastle were really poor. I didn't think they created enough. And defensively, Leeds actually looked okay. Uh, two penalties, one was... So stupid that you know he tripped Isaac and then the other one was a handball by Firpo. Um, they will be kicking themselves because I know it's a way to Leeds and they're really low on the table. But like Aldice did get them up for the game, which is that new manager bounce. Uh, some of their players played okay, uh, but the goal they were unlucky. But I, I just thought Newcastle were really poor. I just thought I'd expected more of them. I thought they would have created more. Uh, obviously, Wilson gets the two penalties, he's had a great season 17 goals in 28 games, which is. So he's a good record. If he could stay yeah. fit, he's going to get 20 plus goals yeah. in the Premier League. Um, for Leeds, I still give them a wee bit of hope now after that game because they play West Ham away, who rested half their team there the other day. They'll be coming off that Thursday night game. I think they play away in Holland. Yeah. And I th- who did they play last game? They play oh, Tottenham at home. Tottenham home, yeah. Tottenham will be on the beach. So I do still give them a chance. I think four points could be enough. It is just going to come down to Leeds just need to be smarter because Leeds, all they said after the game, they were smart. But he said all week, he said to them, "Stay on your feet." And what what did I do that by Walber or whatever? Aye, do, he just he just in. tripped somebody yeah. that was going nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's just a killer. Leeds could have been two 0 up. We need to talk about that Bamford penalty. Yeah, Bamford gets a lot of stick as well online by Leeds fans because he has been poor this season. And I think when he stepped up. The first thought I thought was like, he's going to miss this yeah. because he has no confidence and he's not playing well. You know, they should have given it to Rodrigo or someone like that there who obviously isn't playing as well as he was, but is still a good player. Uh, and I think if they would have went 2-0 up, I think they would have won it, that it, game. It could have been over, yeah. Yeah, because it, because like straight away, I think it was like two minutes later, they give away the penalty. Yeah. But for Newcastle, I think we've all said it, I think they will get top four. It's a tough game on Thursday, but if they win their next two, even if they 
lose to uh, Brighton, if they win their last two, they're going to get that four. Yeah. And they have a very good goal difference. So I think they'll be okay, but they didn't play well. They, actually, they were very poor and they'll be kicking themselves because if, I think if they even would have played half decently, they'd have won this game. Yeah. Well, look, I think moving on then to the other game within the top four um, race this season, uh, our Man United. Look, 2-0 winning against Wolves. Personally, for myself, I didn't think the performance was great. I still think United look very leggy and I think they look very, very tired. And look, it's coming to that crunch time of the season. I just wish the levels would raise a wee bit and I'm just not seeing it. And, and it is worrying me. Um, I'm sitting here right now and I'm... I'm not convinced at the minute and I think if we miss out on Champions League it'll be a massive setback setback yeah and I think I will look on the season a bit more differently if we miss out on the, yeah, on the Champions yeah. League Um look they did get the job done they got their two goals I'm so glad to see Garnacho return because it looks like well we know for definite Sabitzer's out for the rest of the season it's looking like Rashford's going to be out for the rest of the season too but Garnacho come back and he stepped up in a big moment and he did what he has done in big moments this season mm-hmm. and put the ball in the back of the net. From from the Wolves' standpoint, they didn't. They, they offered nothing. They were terrible. They offered nothing, and I don't know whether that's because they're on the beach because they're you know they are safe. Yeah, they're but safe, they they I was really really shocked with how poor Wolves were. See, I didn't think United played bad. I didn't look. I know it's not what United have done all season or for the majority of the season, but considering what. United have at the minute they've a makeshift defence they've a makeshift midfield and they've a makeshift forward line without Marcus Rashford like they had like 20 something attempts on, on uh, goal 27 attempts or something like if you're playing bad and you've still got 27 attempts on goal something, something wrong there but see I think that's a bit of a false statistic that like 27 attempts on goal because Sure, there was only eight of them that were actually on target. Like yeah. the United's chances are all half chances. Lad. That, that's what I was going to say. That was spoken about this in the West Ham game. They do take a lot of long shots. Yeah, like Anthony, Bruno, they take a lot of shots. Erickson's taking shots there, and you're kind of like, "There's no way we're, you're going to score." From I there. agree, but we won two 0 and their goalkeeper who made their debut was the man of the no, match. No, no, I, I actually wouldn't say it was a bad performance. I would say it was a good performance. I thought Wolves were woeful. Like they were just they offered nothing up top. Yeah. That you know they came to Old Trafford and they just didn't do anything. Yeah. So it was hard not to play well against them. It'd be more like just we need to be more clinical. No, I agree. You know, with just with a lot of faults. I, I think uh, a better team there, we we wouldn't we wouldn't have won that game because we would just miss so many chances. You know, Wolves gave us a lot of chances and we just didn't really finish it until the end. You know, Anthony at the start, why doesn't he play the ball to Martial? We do get the goal. I, maybe it's just like you just expect a bit more. I do. We do look a bit like leggy as well. Yeah, which is understandable. I think we've played like the most games in Europe. You know, in any league, but. You know, a win's a win, and I, I do think we'll be okay. I'm not that worried, to be honest, about Man United because we've two home games, and we're mm-hmm. very good at home. Yeah. Well, I've lost a home game since I think it's it was Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. And that was like the first there. home game of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, another clean sheet. I didn't think Varane was that great. He didn't really have to do much, but he gave away the ball a lot. He's only back from injury, obviously. Mm-hmm. Thought Shaw was good. You know, Wan Bissaka was good. Uh, clean sheet again. David De Gea gets the Golden Glove. Mm-hmm. Got to give him credit for that. Um. But it's a, it's a tie that like there like when Wolves play Man United, I've seen some stat. It was like in the last eight games they played, there's only been one goal or more once. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of them games. Oh, that's it's always tight. It's cagey. Yeah. It's but uh, a win's a win, you know. And I actually seen a stat about Martial. That was his fifth league goal of the season. That uh, ties him for the last two years. Oh, yeah. So he had one goal in twenty twenty 
120. But he actually he played okay, finished it well. It's just more we'll just need to see him. He all round game's good, just need to see him be more clinical. That's all I'm asking for. It's not even it's a bit of a dig, Alan, but even if he's more available. Yeah. Because you know what he's gonna offer you. I was gonna ask you a question too. See about Rashford, right? Mm. Do you think we played better without him? Like I'm not saying we, we do need him, but I think he was injured for a while. And I think as a team we played better without him. I think he's offered us absolutely nothing the last month or so. He, he's injured, obviously. Like like against West Ham he done nothing. Against Brighton he done nothing. There was a lot of performances I just thought he was really, really poor. I understand what you mean about you thought he was injured because I thought he was injured. Yeah. Or you can tell he's not fully fit. Yeah, you, you can, can tell, tell when Rashford's yeah. either his Honest head's game. not in the game or yeah. he's in the game. Yeah. And it shows in the first 10 minutes. If he makes a burst and run and he gets it, yeah. he'll be unbelievable. But, but do you not agree? Doesn't? Just see Ten Hag, I feel like he left him on in a lot of games when he should have been subbed. But it was just that factor where it's like he could come up with the goal. I agree. You know what I mean? We don't have And I'm not slagging Rashford as a player because I think it shows a lot about his character that he will continue to play even though he is not. He is injured. You can tell he's injured. He's been injured. Over the years, he's been injured a lot, but he keeps playing and playing and mm-hmm. playing. But I just feel like there was a lot of games that he kind of... He just didn't do anything. Well, if I was to say to you, like as as you're saying, and I'm agreeing with you, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm just giving you a scenario. If we were say it was two two going into the ninety third minute, and we get a one on one chance, yeah. and we still have Marcus Rashford on the pitch, um, or you have Buck and Jaden Sancho about to take this chance. No, you. Who has more chances scoring? No, that Rashford, goal? and that's why I think he's kept him on yeah. all these games because it's like yeah. He can like even against even that goal against Arsenal, he can come up with a moment of magic. Yeah. Like he has that in the locker. It's just I feel like over the last, even when he was scoring, I didn't think he actually contributed that much on the ball. But that that's Rashford to a T though. Yeah. Like th- this has been the debate over Rashford for years. Yeah. Rashford suits counter attacking style yeah. football. Yeah. That's the football he plays because yes, he, he has the tricks and the skills and all that there, but he, he doesn't give you much other than the ability to run in behind and look his finishing is deadly there's yeah, no point saying other ways and his very, runs are no, fantastic exactly. Lad, I'm not see the thing if anybody's listening I am not slagging him because without him no, no, there's I no way I know but I'm only listening but yeah. what I'm saying is finishing he's the best of Man United yeah, I would yeah. say but it's just his all round game at times yeah. it's just been really really poor and there's some games he just disappears but I feel like a lot of pundits and fans mm-hmm. kind of let him off. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's look at his stats, look at his stats. I agree. While there's players that, like even a Martial, I'm slagging him, but he does offer more. Like, he gets a lot of abuse because of his, like the way like the way he reacts and all, but he does actually offer a lot defensively as well. He yeah. will work hard for the team. I think Rashford offers nothing defensively, Aye, defensively. as well. Like, he just doesn't offer it. Well, like, that's the thing. A lot of people were questioning whether Ten Hag would get the best out of Rashford this season because Ten Hag is a very possession-based manager. When we played possession-based football under Ranić last year, Rashford was non-existent because he didn't suit a possession-based style. Rashford was so good under Ali because we weren't a possession-based football team. We were a counter-attacking team. We were happy to let the opposition have the ball and then we hit them on the break. That's where Rashford performed his best football. And I know it was a debate going into the season. A lot of people, like you, you even said it earlier this season, when PSG came in with that offer, I would have sold him. you would have sold him. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are going to establish ourselves now in this transfer window and buy players that are going to really help enhance Ten Hag's squad for this possession-based football is Rashford going to be the best option out there on the left? It remains to be seen. Can it be coached into him? Absolutely. Yeah. But I would agree with you, actually. At, look, Rashford, at times this season, he doesn't offer you a whole pile. But, I mean, when you have 29 goals in a season, yeah. 
it's hard to overlook know, him at the same time. The and it's like you said, Orn, when you do get that one chance, I know who I want on the end yeah, of it. And it is, it must be frustrating as a manager when you're looking at a player going, you're giving me nothing at the minute, but I know if in, a, if in 30 seconds time, you time your one, run right and you're in behind, the ball's probably going to end up in the back of the net. Yeah. It is, it's frustrating. It is frustrating. But look, I do think for the last month or so, lads, I think he's been hurt. And I think he's been playing through injury again. Well, thank God you're not choked back. Yes, and that now we have that option on the yeah, left hand side. side. Definitely, because you can't rely on Jin Sancho. No. I know the goalkeeper made a really good save, but he has to finish that. I think we just How have to call it for Sancho, what it is. Sancho, Sancho. Yeah, yeah, he has yeah. to score that. Goal. Look, I think we just have to call it for what it is, lads. He's not very good. No, I just I expect it so much better. But again, he doesn't suit the style either. No. He's I do think it can change though. Too. I think it can change. Like you see, whenever Sancho came back from that like sabbatical that uh, thing put on, yeah. Um, like, and he was talking about maybe playing him as a ten. I think if that, if he's an option as a ten next year, I think he'll do really, really well. Would as you a backup ten? Would you like to see him as a ten then? Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want to see him on the wing again. I, you don't, you don't think he's a winger? He's not quick and enough. He can't beat him on. No, but he has the techni- he, but he has he technical. He can ability. pass, and he has technical ability yeah. in fairness to him. So I think if he was. A ba- not not I don't I don't want to see him start every game by all means, but a rotational a ten. rotational ten. But it'll be down to Sancho though as well because yeah. he's going to have to commit it. And to he, in the summer he's going to have to work because Ten Hag will be there probably send him. If you give me your all, I can make you a good player. Yeah. he yeah. has to commit. He can't be like, no, I'm not playing that. I want to play on the way. He has to commit to that yeah. too. But I agree with you. He does have the technical ability. He's not a winger. Like I just don't know where this is coming yeah. from because he's not quick enough and he can't beat him on. Yeah, you know so. He has to put the ten rule could be the new rule for him. What did but, you think about Anthony? I thought Anthony played really, really well the other day. Frustrated the fuck he's out so of me. Annoying, yeah. he, he frustrated is, the fuck is, out of me. He has a talent. Like, why doesn't he give the ball to Martial? The yes. header he missed was horrendous. Horrendous. Like, yeah. Six he's, yards out. He has to score that. I agree. I do agree. His decision making in the final third does need work. But yeah. did you not think it was more positive? I will say yes. that he looked to be United's strongest. He was our best attack. Yeah. 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 Definitely, I do you not think it gives a lot of promise going into next season? It does. Hopefully, it, yeah. it with does. With the whole preseason under his belt, United so, yeah. and stuff. But if he starts doing this again next season, mm. where he's frustrating the fuck out of me because <laughs> he's not making the right decision, yeah. I'll be really, really annoyed. Look, I'm still giving him a pass this season. So, and, and look, look, his numbers aren't awful. He's eight goals in all competitions for United this season, and I think five assists. Yeah. It's not bad numbers for your first season at Man United. But the problem is, once you pass your first season. That's where you're getting judged. That's why I'm being a bit harsher on Sancho this season because you've had your first season to bet in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same for Anthony next year. Mm. If he can turn that up, if the contributions can raise, if we can get over, to, uh, you know, say 18 goal contributions next season, yep, yeah. that's an improvement. And then we keep building and keep building. But look, the one thing I will say is he just really, really frustrated me no, the other day. He's so frustrating to watch as well. <clears throat> but like he brings energy. It's just his long shots as well. I know he does score some really, really good goals, but... It's all the time. Like he's taking three mm-hmm. or four long shots a game. It's just like, like even the way City play. Like it's just about playing smarter. Yeah. You know, like even the goal was scored. It was better play. You know, mm-hmm. Bruno gets the ball into Anthony and he plays the ball across to Martial. Mm-hmm. It's about playing smarter. Yeah. So he does have the talent there. I'd agree with Connor. I would give him a pass for this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, not getting him in early didn't help him either. He mm-hmm. had to come in later. But there's talent there, and he get he does give us something different. Yeah, you, you I look, agree. Play smarter, not harder. Yeah, not, yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah. the chat. I genuinely think he's got the ability to be one of our best players. Look, next decade. definitely. Like, look, the abilities there. He's very. He is a good footballer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next season, we just need to see better yeah. decision yeah. making yeah. in the yeah. final third. I agree. I agree. Um, moving it on, then Aston Villa two one victors against Spurs. I know the scoreline is two one here, but realistically, this game was utter dominance. 
complete and utter dominance from Aston Villa. From minute zero to minute 90, they controlled the game. One player I'm highlighting in particular, lads, is Douglas Louise. See the transformation under Emery? Wow. This guy is becoming one of the best all-action powerhouse midfielders in the Premier League. It is phenomenal. And I think just from the Spurs' perspective as well, what we're looking at is, without Harry Kane, what are they? They're a nothing team. Yeah. Look, on Douglas Louise, you know why I like him. You don't play for Manchester City or come through, be signed by City if you're not a good player. And I know he's went to Aston Villa now. But when you're talking about good transfer business, and we always credit Brighton for brilliant transfer business, one of the best pieces of transfer, one of the best pieces of transfer business this season has been Aston Villa signing Douglas Deweese to a new contract because he was going to be a free agent this year. He was linked to Arsenal. Too. Linked to Arsenal on a free transfer this year. He was linked to Arsenal for thirty million in January because he was going on a free this year, and they tied him down for another, I think, four years. And that's a serious, serious piece of business for Aston Villa. Yeah, he's a quality player. Quality player. He dominates their midfield. Um, he's always available. He can play as a six, as an eight, as a ten. He runs up and down. Him and John McGinn are just two workhorses. Like, um, but credit to Aston Villa, they were fantastic. Leon Bailey was really, really good. I think he has a few games in his locker every season, and I think that was just one of them. Um, yeah, he played really, really, really well. Um. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, Ollie Watkins doesn't necessarily need to be on the score sheet for Aston Villa to be winning. And that's that's a credit to Unai Emery and a credit to, to what he's done with that forward line and midfield to get them all in, in tip-top shape and, and competing yeah. for European football. Yep. No, as we were saying you know, for weeks now that like he's improved McGinn, Louise, you know, Tyrone Mings has improved. Like They were really poor under Gerrard, but the improvement, even Watkins has improved. As you were saying, Bailey and boys have got there. You know, the, the first half, especially, they just dominated. They should have been 2 or 3 nil up, playing really good football. Uh, I think Spurs did create a bit in the second half. I've seen, they were kind of like, Villa do play that high line, so they are, you can get over the top of them, but, you know, Spurs again, first half, they didn't even have a shot. Yeah. Which is just brutal. They've conceded 10 goals in their last seven games in the first 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Which is just... Crazy. Just horrendous. Um. Spurs are just—it's just hard to know where they're going to go from here. If they lose Kane, it's—it's it's going to be tough for them. Um, Kane has twenty-seven goals this season. Like, like that is—if you—if to, I told you at the start of the year Kane will score twenty-seven goals, you'd have said, "Oh, Tottenham top, top four, four score." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's just—I didn't. Did you think it was a penalty? No, no, no. He was already way down. There's a few times like Kane gets decisions that others don't. Like that's never. Don't be complaining about that, lad. No, if, 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 if it happens next season for United, I'll well, not be complaining. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> it's not a penalty, and VAR wouldn't like don't overturn many penalty calls. So I yeah. don't understand why that's a penalty. I know it didn't matter in the end, but for me, obviously that's not a reason to sign Kane. You'll get a few decisions your way. That's it. You know what I mean? But that is it. For Spurs, like Son was not good, but like Emery, you have to give credit because I've seen he's got like nearly two points per game since he's been in. Jesus, like he's been that good. I know the the went like eleven unbeaten and they lost two, but they've just come back. They beat Tottenham. They're sitting seventh, I think, or sixth. I think they're just they're they're just uh, they're the same points as Tottenham, but the goal difference is just a bit worse. But for Villa, like what a season it has been, and Emery's style start to come in, especially at home. They're really really good, and next season, as we've kept saying. They're going to be a threat. Yeah, they are. For top six, at least. Signs are positive. Look, lads, I have a question for both of you. Look, the news broke this week. Spurs have pulled out an Agelsman. It's not happening. 
apparently he wanted a 250 million transfer budget yeah. and he wanted to be able to pick the sporting director that was going to go in at Spurs. Where do they go next season? What What are you looking at? I know in my brother's opinion, he actually wants Mason to stay on. He thinks that Mason could talk some of these players round. He thinks if Mason stays, maybe Kane stays because of the relationship that they have together. But where, where, where do Spurs go next year? Where, where, where do they need to be looking? Not at Ryan Mason, to be 100% honest. I know he might be a Spurs legend or considered a Spurs legend or whatever, and he knows the club, but they cannot be looking at him, who has no coaching experience, really. They can't be looking at him going into a Premier League season. If they are to keep Harry Kane, that would show that they've somehow convinced Harry Kane that they're going to be Premier League contenders again this year. Um, and I just I can't see that happening under Ram Mason. I don't know what calibre of manager there is out there for them to go for. It would not surprise me if come around uh, the end of August and Graham Potter's on the touchline of, of, of Spurs, the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Stadium, but... They've That's said there's the only five. thing I can look at. They've said there's five on the list. There's five names on the list without Nagelsmann. But did they already reject Luis Enrique? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Where. It must be to do with the it has to be transfer budget. Or transfer budget. Yeah. Yeah. They're not offering enough and they're probably going to end up like Brendan Rodgers. Mm. Yeah. You know, I know Mason has done well enough. Like they've lost a lot of games but they have showed a bit of spirit especially in second halves but... They've gonna, they're going to have to go for experience. They can't go for a 31-year-old who has no coaching experience. Yeah. I think that'd be just too risky oh. because if they go next season and they start early, they're going to sack him. And then yeah. where do you go? Yeah, you that's know, right. Who, who You're midway through the season. I think they thought Potts was going to come. Yeah. But he's went to Chelsea, Chelsea now yeah. because Chelsea are probably offering him a transfer budget <laughs> and a lot, a like lot they have a better squad yeah. than Spurs. You know, Spurs obviously have the striker, but you look at that Spurs team and it's, it's worrying. Like, Players like Basuma and boys have bought it. It's just been brutal. And, and Charleston's been poor. I'd be really, really worried if I was a Spurs fan. Mason said there the other day that Kudzowski's going to be sold. He, was he like, has been poor. And I actually think he's a good player. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. He said he's a really he thinks player. he's a really talented player yeah. and he's got world-class abilities. But he says uh, it remains to be seen whether he'd be at What do you just see to? He's only like 23 like or 23 or something, yeah. That's what, I think Spurs are in big trouble. I honestly could see them in the next few years just... Being a middling Premier League yep. club. Zaha's not looking like a bad shout now, boys. They'll not be in the top six anyway, so he <laughs> could go there. <laughs> well, look, we're moving on, boys. Um, we'll go to Chelsea and Forest. Really thought Forest were going to get the three points here. So but Fat Frank performing miracles Let's go. on that Chelsea touchline. Pulling off a big point against relegation threat in Look, I think the biggest talking point from the game, lads, is Edwards Mandy first start since November. And an absolute howler. Unreal. <laughs> you rarely God. see them goals conceded, like across the bottom. Like, where was he going? It was like more like a corner, kind of. He's going yeah. out for the corner. He's going for a walkabout, I think. The header wasn't even good. If he had just stood there, he'd have caught it. I, know. I think with the amount of players in Chelsea's squad, he forgot that he was a goalkeeper. Yeah. I, I think he thought maybe he was an outfielder and he just decided <laughs> to go walkabout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I thought Forrest were actually the better side on the day. Chelsea did come back into the game well they did fight hard they did fight back to get the point but look it, it's again for playing on I'm trying to be as neutral here yeah. as possible like Frank's yeah, talking himself into a job yes yeah. but look did you see what Frank said after the game too he's kind of like oh I didn't know how to deal with their long throw-ins and it's just like Frank just doesn't have a clue like, <laughs> he just doesn't 
like they knew that was coming and he just didn't do it Spurs manager next year they conceded the two goals and then Cooper said after the game they brought on a few players like a few taller players and he went like oh yeah that changed the game and it's just like oh Frank maybe if you started with these taller players you actually would have won the game it's just like he's just honestly one of the worst managers their last six home games three draws three losses like he honestly is is the worst he's definitely the worst manager in the Premier League at the moment yeah he probably is is actually shocking he just tactically hasn't a clue. He changes his team every week. He mm-hmm. just said, oh, Mendy, you haven't played since November. I'll give you a game here. <laughs> and then he gives away a goal. So, you know, it's just, as you said, like forced were saying after the game, they were disappointed because Chelsea are that bad. Like, they're really, like, who would have thought at the start of the year, Chelsea, you spent 600 million, all force went to them and they're disappointed to only go away with a point. Oh, the point. Like, that is just, and it's not even a dig at Chelsea because Chelsea fans know themselves how bad they are. Like, yeah. Sterling scored two goals. They didn't really create anything else. Force nearly scored at the end. Look, as like I said earlier, Holland has the same number of goals as Chelsea this year in the Premier League. Like, yeah, I know. It's just it's not good enough. It's like, awful. just a joke. It's, it's not good enough, really. Well, look, boys, we're just gonna breeze on and, and get through these last few games quickly here. So, uh, going to Crystal Palace, Roy Hodgson, what a job he's doing, guys. Two 0 victory against Bournemouth, who have been decent in in, in previous weeks. So, yeah. really. Again, I put the question to you last week, Connor. You know, might he stay on? What, what are you thinking, lads? Do you think it would be? I don't think it would be a bad shot for Palace to keep Hodgson's well, first season. I seen there this morning. So much news coming out this morning. Yeah, I seen this morning. One year deal, apparently. He's one getting, year deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they're going to go a different direction after that, no yeah. matter what happens. Um, but yeah, he's got them ticking. He's got their main men, as yep. we keep saying. He's got Eze, Zaha, and Elise all ticking. Zaha was ridiculous for that assist. But as well, yeah, anyway, I know Jordan Ayew like flicked it he on, flicked but. It on, lad. Um, Zaha done all the work. Yeah. Uh, he did some of the work. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to get yeah. credit for that. He couldn't let it go through his legs. Zaha was getting the assist. No, he done unreal, but every GSA yeah. is absolutely unreal. Ten assists this year. He's class. He's like, really good. He is class. Elisa, ten assists. As a ten Ridiculous. assists this year. Ridiculous. As is so good Big clubs well. need to be looking at them. As his second goal was unbelievable. Oh, what yeah. a finish. Class. Really, really good. Oh, and like class. they're really good at home. The, the four games he's been in, ten points. And he's like they're already probably gonna stay up anyway, but he's come in done really well. Seen he's saying he's looking to keep Zaha. Zaha got injured though, he I think he pulled his hamstring. Yeah. But yeah, you just gotta give him credit. He's given, they're scoring goals, you know. I don't know if you've seen it with the Anderson uh punch on I, I didn't even I, I didn't it's even see it it's kind of one of those ones he broke his nose like but I don't know <laughs> did he mean fit, it? he kind of hit him <laughs> they didn't give a red card O'Neill was raging after Gary O'Neill he said you know it should have been a red card it probably changes the game I think it was nil nil at that point yeah. to be honest but I don't like he had a clenched fist and he hit him like so it's kind of like it's one of those not a red but yeah. fair play to Palace you got to give it to them you know Bournemouth were brutal hopefully they can keep this up for next week yeah. when we play them but Palace, you know, why not go Roy Hodgson? He's 75, though. I know. But you know what? Oh. Whenever, 75? When they sacked Patrick Vieira, every single one of us was like, what the fuck are they doing? I yeah. still think Vieira got a raw... I do think it obviously was a good decision, but Vieira got a raw deal because the fixtures they had yeah, were I so agree. much better. Vieira was so unlucky. He was playing like City, Arsenal. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was like kind of like... games he shouldn't have won anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, the fixtures coming up, we're good. Yeah. Definitely. It, it, it was sort of one of those tough decisions, but look, I suppose they'll look at it now and see it as oh, a payoff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Fulham 2-0 victors against Southampton Southampton 
relegated from the Premier League, lads. The 10-year stay of Southampton, or 11-year stay, I think it is, yeah. it's it's over. Um, personally, for myself, me and Ashley were talking about this at the weekend. I'm actually really, really sad to see them go, to be honest. I really like Southampton as a football club. I think they've been one of those clubs that produce excellent talent. They've been pilfered for their best players every year. Yeah. They tried something different this season. They thought, look, we'll go to academies. It hasn't worked. Uh, we have said on so many occasions this season they needed to back the youth up with experience and they just really didn't. They do have players that are going to be sellable in the summer. We have talked about some of them, so plug in a few of our other episodes. Check out our free agent list. Please check out our young players to watch next season and our top 15 summer transfers mm-hmm. where we do talk about some Southampton yeah. players within those lists. Um, Fulham, though, completely good value for the win. You had already sort of touched on it earlier, Connor. They were excellent. They, and they have been excellent this season really good especially away from home I think that's their 7th win away 50 plus points I don't think any of us expected that no. Silva's been brilliant for them I thought Southampton were really really poor they did. They actually scored a goal but it was all saved mm-hmm. 50 seconds later it's in the back of the net you know uh, Vinicius scored yep. and then Mitrovic came back and he scored too mm-hmm. like they're, miss, they're missing their best striker and they're still Still, yeah, still, still scoring and they're still putting in I know they've dipped a wee bit at times they're up and down but you have to give credit to Fulham this season they've been very very good and like you know Southampton has been coming for a while you know they've been playing really poorly they've lost the most home games this season they've lost 24 games Ward Price said it was it was coming they've actually done well to get this far without getting relegated yeah. because yeah. it's been brutal that the worst arguably the worst manager ever like Nathan Jones yeah. those 7 and 8 and he completely killed their season like I know they brought your boy in they, um, they got him through the he was assistant or something wasn't he the, uh, what'd you call Salles him or something uh, he's I done okay he got a good start but they've lost like I think they've lost like 10 or lost 11 or something so yeah it's sad to see them go that some really good teams under Pochettino they were good Koeman they were good even the early Hassan years Hoodle, of they were really, yeah, really they good were. they play some good football they have some good um, as you said they some good talent youth players and stuff but they did spend 150 million over the last two transfer windows, but it was just kind of too little, too late. They were selling club for too long, yeah. sold our best players, and eventually it does catch up with it you. It catches up with you. It is definitely sad to see them go. To be yeah. fair, so yeah. to any Southampton fans that do listen to us, we are genuinely yeah. sorry to see you go, and hopefully you can bounce back up next season. But uh, Brentford. 2-0 victors. Uh, sorry, this is the last game that we're covering. Brentford, 2-0 victors against West Ham. Connor, I'd say, I think, you know, West Ham probably yeah. on the beach. Nine of their last, nine of their 11 players that played on the Thursday were dropped. Were dropped. No race, yeah. none of them players. Yeah. Antonio, they played the B team mm. and Brentford had a comfortable win. They dominated the game and if it wasn't for Fabianski, it probably would have been worse. Yeah. So, that's kind of the game that had went. They were missing Tony. Tony wasn't even there and still dominated. Uh, the band's coming this week, by the yeah. way, lads. Is it? Yeah. Right. It's coming this week. So, so he's gonna miss. It's gonna be interesting to see yeah. where that goes. So maybe yeah. maybe keep an eye out for Parlay or something again, this week. Like, we might yeah. get a chat about that later. Do you think Brentford guaranteed top ten? Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Second season as well. A lot of people say second season. Second syndrome. season syndrome. Like you look yeah. at Sheffield United. Their second season was a disaster. Yeah. you have to give credit. The manager said, start of the year that was their goal, top ten. They got it. So fair play. And Bueno has been very good this season. Well, They've yeah. had some really good players this season, uh, Brentford and Ben Me. Ben Mee's mm-hmm. a very good player too. Really, you know, really super good. signing on free transfer. Yeah, crazy. But fair play to Brentford and for West Ham this season's it's over. Like yeah. they know they're going to stay up and they're focused on this conference yeah. league. That's all you can really take from that game. Orin, obviously the news broke yesterday that David Raz definitely going to leave yeah. Brentford in the summer. But mm-hmm. the price tag is sitting at around forty million pounds mm-hmm. for this summer. Look, 
it's a hefty price for 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 a goalkeeper like that, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I know we've talked up David Rea a lot, to be fair, but that was when his price tag was fifteen to twenty million. Yeah. I don't understand how a team who's still like only in the top ten is asking for forty million for a goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? Who's got one year left on the deal? That wants to leave. Yeah, he wants to leave. He's yeah. got one year left on his deal. He's twenty seven. It doesn't make sense to me. He's had some good performances, but even when comparing him to De Gea and stuff, he has a worse pass accuracy and worse pass completion rate than David De Gea in the past two seasons. Really? And, you know, De Gea is shite, like, with his feet. <laughs> with his feet, he is awful, like. But, I don't know, I see they've signed um, Flacken from the Bundesliga. Yes, the, the, I've seen that, yeah. Uh, Dutch fella, the Dutch goalkeeper, for 13 million. Good so, keeper. He is a good keeper, and... I think he's going to do the exact same job as David Raya. Yeah. The thing is, the, the only thing that I question about David Raya is whenever Spain are announcing their like World Cup squads and that, he's not considered. But Robert Sanchez is yeah. for Brighton. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a favouritism thing from the manager. Yeah. I don't know what that is. but And I do rate Robert Sanchez. I think he's a really, really good goalkeeper. But David Raya has never picked for Spain. But somehow he's worth... Over forty million. Yeah, I think Thomas Frank values his players a little too highly. Like he came out and said, Ivan Tony would go for over a hundred million as well. Ivan Tony's twenty eight years of age. He that, that's go a for very good point million. you make about Sanchez because Sanchez has got dropped by Brighton exactly. because his passing isn't good enough. And yeah. He makes mistakes. So if he's getting picked for Spain, yeah. for that reason, then what does that say about Ray? Yeah, if Ray was Raya. a full international, I could understand forty million hundred percent. Forty million is ridiculous. So for a player that's, that's looking to leave yeah. and has a year left in his contract, there's yeah. no way they're getting forty million. No, I don't think chance. there's a chance. I think they'd be lucky to get twenty to twenty-five. Yeah. I don't think there'd be that as many suitors as they think there's going to be. Yeah. Unless they're willing to just go, but then they've already brought the goalkeeper in, so they're expecting to at least get over thirteen million yeah. if they're getting that goalkeeper yeah. in. So I was going to say maybe he'll stay another year, but he's not going to because no. yeah. they're obviously going to Spurs, Spurs, Chelsea. yeah. That's who I think is going to be looking for a goalkeeper this year. Spurs would be a good one. Yeah, Spurs could be a shot. But forty million, no chance. Million, yeah. I think twenty-five million. I think that's a really fair price. I actually think that's a good price. Do you think but, Spurs would spend twenty-five million on a goalkeeper? Though? Yeah, I do. I do. I L- losing Larice, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I think they would. If they, they can't rely on Fraser Forster, do you know what I mean? If they could get a price tag for Larice, oh, you know, somewhere in around ten to fifteen million mark, because I think Larice only has a year left in his deal as well. Mm. So if they could get about ten or fifteen million for uh, Larice, I, yeah. I, I could see them going twenty five. Either way, for, uh, either way, even if they don't, I, personally, I can't see them getting a fee for Larice. Yeah, just because of what he's done for the club, I think he'd leave for Nahan. Mm-hmm. But Larice is what thirty six, maybe older. 36, 37, 36. Yeah. Fraser Forster's in around 35, 36 as well. Yeah. Oh, Fraser's not good enough. And he's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? Chance. They need a young goalkeeper, so they're yeah. going to need to invest for a goalkeeper that they're going to have for the next 8 to 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. David Rabb being 27, he has 8 to 10 years at the top level left. So even if they were to pay 40 million, it might work out as an investment for them. Yeah. But just personally for me, I think 40 million is too much for him because of, literally only because of the year and the contract and stuff. If yeah. he had five years, I could understand yeah, that as well. And yeah. if he was a full Spain international, but Spurs is a good shout though because they kind of done the same with Larice when he was about that age, wasn't he? 26, 27. Yep, they bought yeah. him in 10 years. So they might just do the same. Yeah. Same, same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a rinse repeat type thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Well, look, that's it for our Premier League coverage, folks. Moving on to our picks of the week. Connor, who is yeah. this week's player of the week? Uh, obviously, it's Dubinian played well for Brighton, but this week it was easy going to one. Two goals and assists. Even the way Pep talked about him after the game, how intelligent he is, how good he is. Like, first goal was unbelievable. His free kick as well. 
Um, he's been brilliant the last three or four weeks. He always steps up. You know, we've said enough about him yeah. earlier. Steps up in the big games. Key performer for City. Stepped in that role that De Bruyne usually plays. What a player. Yeah, player of the week. Hundred percent, lad. Look, no disagreement. No disagreement. Look, we have talked. We we have talked yeah. big about uh, Gundogan over the last few yeah. weeks, and that is because he does just perform. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my fantasy pick of the week, I'm going to Manchester United player double game week for United this week. Bournemouth away and Chelsea at home. Um, look, I know the goals and assists are down this year, but the performances have been up, and I do fancy him for goals and assists in these two games. I'm going Bruno Fernandez. I think Bruno's been excellent recently, so. Uh, what I would say is on a double double game week, get them into your teams, folks. Good shit. OD, your opinion? Yeah, I alluded to it earlier, um, and, and I'm saying it again. This season, Purvis Estupinian has been the best left-back in the Premier League. Um, he's had 28 starts for Brighton and three off the bench, and he has a goal and five assists. He's been absolutely phenomenal for Brighton. As we talked about earlier, came for a low price tag, but quite high expectations, considering how well Cucurella played for Brighton last year. Um, and given he started under Potter and now he's he's playing under a different manager in Deserbe, he's adapted absolutely fantastically to the Premier League on his second time of trying. He's just an absolutely phenomenal footballer. He gets up and down all game, as we've seen against Arsenal, 96th minute, and he was still making runs into the box, got his goal at the end of it. Super, super player, super talent, best left back this year. It's definitely one that can cause a bit of debate. Um I think Estupinian has been absolutely phenomenal this year. I, look, I've been in, in agreement with you every time we've talked about him more. Um, in terms of best left back in the league, I think he's definitely within the top three. I, personally, for myself, I wouldn't place him at number one. My number one this year, I would go Luke Shaw. And I know Shaw has p- played centre back and stuff at times this year, but I just, I still just think Shaw offers a bit more than what Estupinian offers. Um, Estupinian can get caught out defensively. Don't get me wrong, I know Shaw can too, but I think with Shaw it happens a lot less than it does with um with Estupinian. Look, he does teams do tend to target sort of that that side for Brighton because he is that wee bit weaker defensively. But offensively, I mean what he offers is absolutely crazy. Five assists, a goal. He was unlucky not to have a goal against Crystal Palace. I remember mm-hmm. us having a big debate about that. That was when I told the fans to suck a fat one. Um, when he was ruled offside um, for a goal that should never oh, have yeah, been offside. Um, he has been excellent. I'm definitely placing him within the top three left-backs this year in the Premier League, and I'm excited to see what how, how his growth develops and how he continues to perform. No, definitely. Like when you were doing, like we were even doing our mid-season, team of the seasons, he was there as well. Yeah, he's, had him he's really improved since then as well. Obviously defensively, can be a bit dodgy at times, but going forward, he's just, he is so good. Uh, I'd put Shaw in there too, Sinchenko obviously as well, but all around this year, I, I would say he has been the best left back mm-hmm. in the Premier League. You know, uh, Shaw's played more, le- or more as like a centre-back. Yeah. I do think Shaw is underrated by a lot of people because he is very good going forward and defensively very good as well. Even we're seeing that in centre-back, yeah. he has been very, very good. Um, but I, I think I think that's a good point to make. He, is, he has been the best. It is the only it's not just because he played well against that. Arsenal. Yeah. You know, he's been good all season. Yeah. It's just because he plays for Brighton. But Brighton are now starting to get the plaudits they deserve. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because they weren't really getting it at the start of the year. But no, they're a big, they are a big team. They are within the tops. Like, if we're talking about, I know we have the traditional top six, yeah. but if we're talking about the top six teams now in terms of how they look and how they're shaping into next season, Brighton's like, in the top six. If the you were going to pick like. who did you want to watch every week, Brighton would be up there. Like, yeah. Because they play the best football. They play the with courage and as like you know that's Deserbi as well he gives mm-hmm. him that freedom to go forward he's improved under Deserbi as well he mm-hmm. Deserbi's improved so many players but he has improved as well yeah. 
So if you're doing a team of the season, he would definitely be the left back. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I know you are talking a bit about his defensive capabilities. Are like, he's still not a bad defender. No, I mean, no, like, by all means, he's he not. He kept Bakayo Saka in his back pocket yesterday, like uh, or whatever day it was. Was it yesterday? Something. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday, kept him in his back pocket. Like, didn't give him a sniff. He was just, you know, all season. I think he's been actually quite decent defensively. Um, him and Lewis Dunk on that left hand side have been really, really, really strong. Lewis Dunk has been absolutely phenomenal this season, by the way. But purpose of stupid yarn, twenty five years of age, signed for seventeen million pound. Champions League experience. Champions League experience. The only the only reason, like I, I agree with what you're saying about Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw, as a left back, has been the best left back in the league. But I see him more now as a centre back. Just not not. I don't see him as a centre back. I don't mean that. I mean just because he's played centre back for the past few weeks, I'm not considering him as a left back for the entire season. Yeah. Because for the last. 10 games or whatever he has been a centre back yeah. Um, so talking about strictly left backs and having played left back all season Purvis Estupignan for me has been the best in the league yeah look listen it's not one of these debates that's causing me any bother do you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not dying on my shield here like I think there is definitely an argument for either Shaw Estupignan or Zinchenko I think the three of them have just been outstanding this season Ake as well I know Dan Byrne too. Dan yeah, maybe I'm not giving those two guys enough enough plot. I think Aki's just because he got injured. Yeah, he yeah. was playing really well. Really yeah, well too. So look, it's, it's it's like I said, I'm not going to die on my shield on it. Do you know what I mean? It's I think it's a part, nothing wrong with that opinion at all. You know, he has been absolutely excellent. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it'll just be interesting next season to see how they grow. Hopefully, they, they get going. Yeah, in European football, more games. It'll be interesting to see how they cope with more games. More games. Yep. Yeah. See what yeah. signings they make in the summer and. How, how they improve. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, look, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Bottom Bins. Thank you very much for listening, as always. Um, Oren, do you just want to let them know, really, about the views that we've been hitting these last yeah, few weeks? Yeah, so we've actually hit a, a couple of personal goals and a, a few major milestones for The Bottom Bins podcast. So um, in the last two weeks, we hit over 10,000 views across all platforms. Um, and we just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for that, for the for the support. And we hope you keep sharing our content. Make sure and subscribe and follow all of our socials. Make sure and interact with all our content. Message us if you want as well. It's absolutely fine. Um, it looks like we're going to break that milestone again this week. Um, just one week this week. It looks like by the by Monday, um, we're going to hit over ten thousand views as well. We've already hit uh, six thousand across all platforms so far. Um, so we hope you're enjoying the content. Make sure and share it with all your friends and family. Let's grow the bottom bins together. Not this isn't just our thing. This this is a collaborative thing. We want you to be as involved in the bottom bins as we are. So let's grow together. So make sure and keep sharing, keep liking, keep subscribing, and we'll produce the best content we possibly can for you. Yeah, agreed, lad. Agreed. Look, I had a lot of people come up to me and clone us on Sunday, <laughs> saying, "Oh, Richie, bottom bins, chatting away to me about it." And look, had some really really good responses from people who I actually genuinely th- thought didn't listen or wouldn't have given it a listen so it was nice nice to see some uh, supporters out in public um and and thank you for all the lovely things that you said about the podcast um look as always please follow us at bottom bins pod that is instagram tiktok and parlay listen there is going to be plenty of content coming over the summer we are coming towards the end of the premier league season here we're probably only going to have i would say maybe two more premier league episodes 
But we're, I promise you, over the summer, we're going to have plenty of transfer content for you to keep up with. We're going to have plenty of content on Parlay, plenty of TikToks. And as always, I think we're going to actually try and keep up our top 15 lists for over the summer as well. They're performing really well at the minute. You guys really seem to like them. So we're going to do our best to keep doing the research and get those top 15 lists out to you every week. Um... As always, find us on the Parlay Sports app. That's P-R-L-Y Sports on the Apple App Store. Please jump in, get it downloaded, come over and join in the footballing conversation with us. Um, and look, why not message the page? If you want to get involved with the podcast, if you want to get involved and get yourself, get your face out there, get yourself onto, onto our socials, well then please, don't be afraid to message us and jump on and do a Parlay chat with us. Quick 10-minute chat about whatever football topic it is that, that you want to debate. If you want to come on and have an argument with the Bottom Bins boys about something that we've said a couple mm. of weeks ago and you want to nip back at us, don't be afraid oh, to message us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you can jump on a parlay with us, no problem. Um, and as always, folks, thank you for listening and keep it Bottom Bins. Keep it Bottom keep Bins. Bottom bins.